Coming up on the season premiere of BYU football with Kalani Sitake, BYU opens the season on the road against a familiar foe in South Florida. The 2022 season is finally here, and we'll hear from the head coach and QB1, Jaron Hall, next on BYU TV. This is BYU football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. And for the first time in 2022, we welcome you back inside Studio C at the beautiful BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for our season premiere edition of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Great to have you joining us live and on demand via the BYU TV app and the BYU radio app. And for those watching live, we invite you to take part in our Insta polls via the Opine app. Get the app on your phone, then watch the side of the screen for poll questions throughout tonight's show. And you can also take part through social media using the hashtag Sitake Show. Coming up on tonight's debut broadcast, we will look ahead to and preview the 2022 season opener with BYU going on the road to Tampa, Florida for a rematch with USF. We'll go inside the film room with Jerem Jordan and defensive anchors Peyton Wilgar and Tyler Batty. We'll go deep blue with senior running back Lopini Katoa. Jaron Hall will join us live in studio. We'll answer social media questions in our Q&A segment with Coach Kalani and Jaron, plus a look at the Game 1 uniform plans for the Cougs down in Florida. Let's get that underway right now by bringing in the head coach of the Cougars in his seventh season on the BYU sidelines. He is, of course, Kalani Sitake. Good to see you. Good to see you, Roy. Hi, Nico. i do this. Thank you. I just have to expose my bad haircut. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's every day for me. So, Thank uh, you, Hazel. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> new look for us, new feel for us here on the show. Well, the budget got better, right? So, <laughs> I need, Part of the transition, yeah. I need anything, anything to make me look better <laughs> and distract from looking here, look at the lay and the, uh, the set. Yeah, so great to be back, man. Yeah, Let's it's go. good to be back with you. What's up, everyone? You guys good? Yeah. Let's go. Be fun. Well, when this, uh, when this show wrapped last year, you were a father of three. Yeah. Uh, you're a father of four now. I am, yeah. And uh, can't you tell? I mean, just so much energy. And... <laughs> no, we have, uh, we have a baby girl named Sylvia. So Sylvia Jo Latapahulu Fifita Sitake is her name. She'll, she'll get that down by third grade. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we just, Timberly and I, we're, we're blessed to have a, another child, and so our our girls are uh, Sky. she's 18, Sadie's 15, and then KK, our son, is 12, and then uh, this bundle of joy, she's six weeks old now, and so good timing right before football season, but we're really excited, just just uh, just happy to have her in our home, and we have built-in babysitters, so it makes it a lot easier. We, we're prepping for something, you know, like drastic and just going to be really hard, but then uh, I mean, now I'm I'm sitting there waiting for my turn to hold baby. So because <laughs> you have enough help, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I just I, I need my my time though. So we can watch film. She can watch film with me a little bit late at night. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how many like veteran head coaches in the FBS also become new dads going into the season. Kind of a cool thing. Only the cool ones, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we're we're, we're blessed and, and we're we're excited. And I think um, I don't know. It just it it made the uh, the wait for football to come. It, made it a lot shorter and so now um, now 
fall camp's done and we're here, so it's going to be a lot of fun. You have a few players who are probably newish dads, so you get to relate to them in a different way now. Yeah, yeah, we're already setting up like you know prom dates for 16 years <laughs> from now, stuff like that. So it's, it's just kind of fun. I just, but I mean, I'm so vain that I'm looking at it's like, man, I'm going to be really old when this girl graduates from high school. But you know, who cares? It, I, hopefully, I look similar, but I'm pretty going to look. Pretty sure I'm going to lose my hair and get, get older, and but uh, probably more. I think I'll be wiser too. <laughs> so it'll work out. Well, let's let's talk a bit about football. Yeah, let's and, do and, it. and you uh, yesterday spoke with the media about the excitement you feel uh, for the start of the season, but not just for the start of BYU season. You were talking about like college football and kind of coast to coast and this time of year, the vibe you get, the feeling you get about to bringing this back around. It's a special thing. It has been for years for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the uh, I think everybody that loves football, this is the time where, and I, I mean, I grew up a fan, so I loved BYU football growing up as a kid and. I just remember that when school started that football was right around the corner and so uh, that excitement has been every year since uh, I, I could follow the game, you know, and so now that I'm the head coach, it hasn't changed much. So I, I, I think everybody's heard me say it before, before I, before I was a coach at, or a player at BYU, I was a fan and, and that part of me will always be the, the, the foundation that, you know, that, that my, I guess that I've, I've grown up with. So um, I, I can... I, I can understand what the fans are, are at and how excited they are for the game, and uh, I just want to make them all happy. I, I hope we can get that done this weekend. It's a changing era in college athletics and football in a lot of ways, but there is also kind of a pure component of it that we see on a week like game week and in training camp. And that part, the other things kind of fade to the background a bit, and you're all about uh, the game and, and prep and, and getting to a good place. Yeah, and getting, getting just the game, just, to, just letting the guys go out and, and have fun and play the game. I think you... When you go through the off-season conditioning, you go through all this work, and then the the goal looks so far away. And then now that it's here, uh, there's a, a high sense of urgency from our players, and there's a lot of guys that, that you know experienced some some growth and uh, matured and got bigger and stronger. And then there's guys that got healthier, and they have a lot to prove right now, and they they want to show how hard they worked. And uh, I, I've seen it with my own eyes, so it's hard for the fans because they haven't seen it, mm -hmm. but I've seen it and I'm, I'm really excited about it, so I, I we, can't wait to share it. Yeah, we, we, we kick it off and share it with everybody on Saturday in Tampa. Two teams returning a ton of talent, actually, in BYU and USF. BYU had much more success with its talent maybe last year than USF, but the Bulls can be dangerous. They scored 27 on you last year. A couple of new coordinators for them as well, so there's the element of the unknown, which you've got. Uh, starts another first tough month of a season for BYU, but first things first, in South Florida, uh, their head coach is waiting for some kind of success, and they felt like they've kind of been on the, you know, on the edge. They haven't really seen it yet. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get their best shot. That that happens usually with the openers. Uh, I think I've said, you've heard me say it, everyone's undefeated right now, so uh, everyone's optimistic on their season. And um, you know, I, I imagine they're going to have their team ready to go. I think they felt like they had some success last year against us when um, they were able to make a little bit of a comeback and and, and get close in that game. And we felt like there's some things that we learned from that game, too. So we'll see who can put it together the best and um, compete. And I, I feel really comfortable with with our guys. It's just a matter of us coaches putting them in the right right position for success. It's You mentioned it, that there's a new coordinator. So um, there we're still there's going to be some things that are new that we, we probably won't be ready for. But that's OK. It's it's I think we took the initiative of trying to prepare for everything as much as we could and even made some stuff up that we don't even know if they're going to do it. But uh, they had some new transfers come in. And so uh, we're trying to piece some thoughts and trying to predict what we think we're going to see. 
and hopefully it works out. So if we overprepared, then, then so be it. One of those transfers is a quarterback you saw down in Waco last year. Gary Bohannon was quarterbacking for a Baylor in your meeting last year. Yeah, great poise. I, I've been really impressed with the way he uh, ran the offense against us. I don't think that was our best outing as a defense and, and um, as a team, but uh, you know we'll get an opportunity to play them later. But against him, it's, it's nice to be able to see him on the field. I think he made that transition so he can be a part of a program to start. They obviously made some changes. Grimey and them did at Baylor, and so... Uh, he, you know, he's found a new home, and uh, he has a really good coaching staff. You know, the head coach Jeff Scott's a really good coach and has that Clemson background. So, uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to they're going to find ways to, to give him uh, big plays and big big uh, possibilities. We just need to limit them and then find a way to disrupt his timing. We're always in one game at a time mode here on the show. Uh, South Florida is what we focus on. We're going to show up the uh, uh, put up on the screen. Uh, the 2022 schedule as a whole, and we can uh, talk a bit about it, reflect on it as a conglomeration of games and teams you face. And uh, man, there's big names, there's some familiar names in, in teams like Utah State and Wyoming out of the Mountain West. Uh, there's games you've uh, not played before, there's games you're rematching after a year later. A whole lot of variety on this on this schedule. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I, I you're right, we're focused on South Florida, but we can see the entire schedule. and. Uh, you know, we, we, we've been in a position where we've ran 10 ga games in a row and then had a bye. So this is the same exact, uh, yep. you know, system that we had last year. So I think our guys are ready for it. I, I felt like the, uh, the strategy and the approach to the season is a little bit different than what we've done in the past, uh, both in the offseason conditioning and, and in fall camp. And so uh, I, I really feel good about where we're at. We'll just see what happens. When we do this next year, a bunch of the games we're going to see on that screen will have little asterisks next to the meaning conference games. That'll be a new feel. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot could happen between now and then, so we'll try to get focused on this year. But, yeah, I think it's important that we talk about that. We know we're going into the Big 12, and uh, our players know that. But uh, there's guys, that are, this is their last year here at BYU, and we want to give them all the focus and the attention to this, this season. And so I, anytime people talk about that, I... I want to come right back to where we're at and uh, focus on this year only and then and then give the guys that are outgoing players an opportunity to have tons of success and a lot of fun and, and great memories in the independence era the right way absolutely yep. all right let's head to break and tell you that for your day-to-day -day cougar sports play-by-play -play, watch byu sports nation with jeremy spencer weekdays at noon eastern on byu tv and byu radio when we come back BYU football with Kalani Sitake continues. We'll look, take a look at uh, BYU's position groups and how they stand heading into the season. Stay with us. Back with more right after this. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics. By Smith's, fresh for everyone. Brady Industries, honestly better. And by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back inside Studio C here in Provo. It's our season premiere of BYU football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougars open the season Saturday at South Florida. BYU leads the nation in offensive production returning. Let's look now at the, some of the returners we're excited to see back. It's presented to you by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Off offensive line gets a lot of well-deserved attention. You've got multiple guys on preseason award watch lists, including your impressive left tackle, Blake Freeland. Yeah, I mean, there was a time when nobody talked about the O-line, you know, so now they're getting a lot of attention, and that's, I mean, I think there's a, there's a high expectation from, from our, our coaches and our fan base, and so 
I think the guys are ready for it. You know, we, we have a good number. We have more than five guys that can play. So that the competition has been really fun to see and, and, and it's been intense. And so Blake's leading the charge and then you see Clark Barrington and others, those guys is a, is a talented uh, position group for sure. At least five. You could have probably seven-ish guys right now to, to rotate among five spots if you want to throw Blake Freeland, Clark Barrington, Connor Pay. Uh, Harris Lachance and Kingsley Suamataya across the front. You back them up. You've got two Kawafu getting in the mix, and you already mentioned Campbell Barrington. At least seven right now you feel good yeah. about, I'm sure. And Braden Kimes. Braden Kimes right there with eight. in there, too. And then you, you have some new guys that we added, Lee Salatai and, and Vicoso and all these. So there's a, a good number of guys that we feel comfortable with, and uh, they just need their opportunity. They're blocking for a guy taking snaps in the name of Jaron Hall. He'll be our guest tonight on the program and a second year as a starter. In fact, uh, his first start came at South Florida back in 2019 when Zach was hurt. And uh, Jaron now settling in, had a great season, was tough, battled through some stuff last year and gave you a great year. Yeah, and just uh, he, he just as a leader is just way different than, than last year. And uh, I, I think you've heard me say this before, Greg, that he's just he's in he's in his own right now. And, and I. I just want to just keep him safe until we get to the game, right? So it's like the, but I, I can't wait to see him get, get going. And, and uh, uh, the, the improvement, the, thing, the things he did last year was awesome, but I, I, see, I see a huge step forward from him and just the command from the offense, just running it all together. And just he, his decision making and the quickness that, that he can decide where the ball goes, it, it's something that's special. So hopefully we can see all of that this, this weekend. Where do you think it shows up most obviously to fans, how he's gotten better from one year to the next, do you think? Well, I think his football IQ, he's always been smart with football. There's a time when he was playing baseball too, you know, so we had to just, you know, once he scrapped that one, then we moved <laughs> on to with football. I mean, uh, I, th I think when you're playing quarterback, your attention has to be on football uh, completely. And now knowing what all the guys do, what every one of the 10 t teammates are doing on offense, uh, that's something that, that, that uh, when – the quarterback does that. It's going to be should be unique for, for what we're we're going to see in the production part. But he had some great production. He can do a lot of things with his legs, but I think he can do a lot of things with his arm too. And and he's just got this great football IQ and, and a good mentality. I think it's going to be really good for our, our program. So Jaron among a number of talented vets, but let's take a look at some new players, new players to watch out for in 2022, presented by Smarty, your location data experts. We're going to highlight a handful of guys here on the screen, and we're going to start uh, left to right, uh, Kalani, with Christopher Brooks. Chris Brooks, the running back transfer from Cal. Yeah, big back, uh, um, tons of quickness and athleticism, but uh, man, he's, he has a lot of uh, playing experience under his belt, so he's he's it's not he's new to BYU but he's not new to the game and not not new to the spotlight he'll be ready these are all p5 transfers that you saw there uh, Kingsley Suamatai was on that list uh, Houston Hamuli on that list Gabe Judy Lally uh, Sione Vicoso so uh, it's Pac-10 it's SEC it's big-time players coming to play for a winning program yeah and, and guys that believe in in what BYU is all about uh, the mission of our, our university the mission of our, our team and our program right in line with what, what our church believes. And so uh, these guys want to want this environment. They want this experience. And it's not just the football experience, it's the overall student athlete experience. And I'm really proud of, of, of a program that we can welcome these young men into our into our team. And they feel really comfortable with what we're doing here. And some of these guys we see are going to step right into starting yeah, roles. Kings is going to be great. I mean, he's done a great job for us already. And, um, you know, Houston, he's a captain for Stanford and so we have that leadership with us and he's tough and he's strong and block and so 
Um, the list goes on, and, and we're talking about the transfers, but there's also guys that are here that, that have been here, and, and uh, they're, they're ready for their names to be mentioned a little bit too. And we, we, we hoped to mention Keenan Peely's name more last year than we did. He left the season early due to injury. One of the biggest news-making notes on your defense is the return of Keenan Peely this year. Yeah, Keenan's huge for us. Being the, uh, he's the anchor of our defense, being that mic position. A lot of the communication goes through that position, goes through him. And uh, he, looks, he looks just like he did last year, probably a little bit stronger and faster. So, mm. uh, yeah, he, having him back in Peyton is, is, is a big difference for us uh, right now. And the, the silver lining on it is that guys like Ben Bywater, Max Tooley, and those others have been able to step up and take advantage of the experience. Jackson Kafusi in that mix, Pepe Tanovasa, Josh Wilson, good linebacking group for sure. Behind the backers, really deep secondary. I, I, it had to be a great competition during August at corner at safety. Yeah, and we, I mean, I think uh, Gennaro will tell you that we feel good about four corners uh, as close, you know, just uh, alternate starters, and, mm -hmm. and, um, and we feel really good about our depth at safety, too. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I keep talking about these guys. Like, let's get to the game, and then you can ask me why this guy wasn't in the right spot, or we can praise him for making the plays. But uh, the bodies are there. We're really excited about them. There's tons of athleticism and speed. And um, it's, it's going to be a, a really good matchup against the great athletes that South Florida has. You wish today was Thursday, not Tuesday, I think, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> I just wish we'd get to the game. We should do the, sto the, the, the basically the show after a game. So I just feel like I've just been talking the entire time. I just, just want to get to the game already. He's like talking about Christmas and it's <laughs> still three, four days away from it, you know? So I got the cookies and milk laid up for Santa already for the, for the last three months. So for us, it's like I just want to get to it, and it seems like this is the the longest wait right now. But that's yeah. um, because I'm really excited about our boys, and, and I'm really proud of how hard they worked in the off season. I mentioned a moment ago how BYU leads the nation in in offensive uh, talent returning on offense. Uh, production back on offense, but uh, BYU also has a lot returning on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, more on that now with uh, Jerem Jordan as he takes us inside the film room. All right, Peyton Wilgar, Tyler Batty, let's talk some defense. A lot of offensive talk. Let's talk some defense, okay? Uh, Peyton, first off, uh, you're coming off both labor rooms, getting surgically repaired. How you feeling? I feel really good. I honestly, I tell a lot of people I've been really blessed through the whole surgery and rehab process. I feel like I just kind of took a break, and I feel as good as new. Tyler, you were banged up sometimes last year. Excited about this year, defensive line, almost everybody's back. Yeah, uh, we lost, yeah, just, just Lopa. So we're pretty much just reloading and, yeah, ready to go. Okay, South Florida's an interesting game because you played them last year, but also Gary Bohannon transferred from Baylor. He's the starting guy. So let's go back to the Baylor game and let's look at some film of Gary Bohannon. They rushed for 309 in this game, but Gary was contained a lot. Um, third play of the game, Tyler, walk me through your quarterback hurry here. Got a tight end my side of the ball, slant to him, get hands on. Yeah, he releases and then free lane to the quarterback, honestly. What's that moment like when you realize, oh, I was not chipped or blocked at all? Honestly, it's kind of confusing sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, I had, I had it's like, okay, yeah, you, you don't get blocked. No one gets hands on you, so you freeze because you're yeah. like, all right, it's a screen, it's a, it's a draw, it's, you know, something, something's off. <laughs> yep. It's just a funny feeling. Okay, later, I believe in this drive, they get in the red zone, and Peyton, this is where you take over. Yep, thanks to Batty, rattling him up a little bit. We're down in the red zone now. In this play, we're running man, and I can kind of work the underneath zones, try to make a play. So I was tired at this point. They drove down the field, we're in man. Just followed his eyes, 
and he kind of threw a lob. I was just kind of in the right place at the right time. I kind of stole it from Ammon as well. Showing off the vert there? A little bit, looked a little <laughs> tired. Barely got the ball the ground. I don't even know if that was a jump. A stretch. Yeah. Now Gary Bohannon had not thrown a pick, not only that year, but in his career. Was yeah. His first interception. I man. believe I was his first career interception, yep. Okay, the, obviously stopping the run against Baylor will be a big storyline this year. Mm -hmm. Let's go to a TFL from Tyler uh, later in the game that we hope to see more uh, here in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Baylor had a well-coached offensive line. We were just getting kind of a, a wide zone coming at us and stuck the guard, snapped outside, and, and brought him down. Now to South Florida. This is the team you beat last year. Early on the first drive, Peyton, you have a, a big-time TFL here. And this particular play, I was playing flash. We're sending two guys off the field edge, which allows me to kind of heel line, we call it, and I just get to go all the way to the running back. Both the guard and tackle pull, and I just have a free lane right to the running back. Then later in the fourth quarter, USF is driving and uh, another TFL. They end up scoring on that drive, but you got the stop to uh, push them back. This is actually the same play we're running a little bit against Baylor. I'm kind of free to work the underneath zones. In this one, I'm playing outside linebacker, you no, know, as the middle. Thanks to my D-line playing good up front. Um, he has nowhere to go and just bounces right to me for a, for a easy TFL. You guys have been around a minute. Peyton, you played USF in 2019. What are the emotions you feel as you think about them in the season opener, knowing, hey, the last time you went there, that was a game that got away from uh, BYU? Yeah, you know, that was a very, it was a very rough game. And a lot of the guys that are still on the team will remember that game. And so it's important that we get focused and go out there and put on our best performance. And Tyler, you didn't play against uh, USF last first time. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to go play them. Um, this will be my first time in Florida. I've never been to Florida before. Okay, well, uh, game one, baby. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. If those guys stay healthy this year, what do you think we'll be saying about them at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, they have their bright futures in the game of football, but I, I, all I care about is BYU right now and South Florida this week. And uh, I, I think uh, they, they, they said it all right. Keep the focus and um, stay humble, work hard, and, uh, and good things will happen for us. All right, BYU and USF kicks off the season Saturday. Some more on the uh, broadcast lineup you can look for on Saturday as we get you covered on, covered on BYU TV and BYU Radio two hours before kickoff. The new BYU Sports Nation game day program on BYU TV. At the same time, we'll be on the air with Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio. You can watch the game on ESPNU, sync up with the radio call, and then TV and radio coverage on BYU TV and BYU Radio right after the game. Mondays on BYU TV and also the BYU Radio app. I'll be visiting with Aaron Roderick, Eli Satuiaki, and Ed Lamb on the coordinator's corner. Watch for it Mondays at noon Eastern, uh, 2 Eastern, noon Mountain Time. And then before this show on Tuesdays, after further review with Dave, David, and Blaine. That's Tuesdays, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up, we'll go deep blue on Lopini Katoa and Jaron Hall will join us live in studio as BYU football with Kalani Sitake continues. Stay with us. Mountain Healthcare. Back inside Studio C, it's our season premiere of the show. Well, after committing to uh, Oregon State uh, before his church mission, Lopini Katoa didn't expect his uh, school and his life to change while serving in Missouri, but it did. Then when cancer hit his family, he found even more faith in his relationships at home and on his team. Here now, our first deep blue of the season featuring senior running back Lopini Katoa, and it's presented by Brady Industries. Honestly, better. Dealing with change is something that I'm not 
good at in my life, but I've had a ton of practice at. Petey wasn't one to share his emotions a lot. He didn't complain about things. I love my family, you know? They're the people that mean the most to me. Me and my siblings were like, we're all super close. But I think it's through the struggles that we've been through in our lives that we're so close. Nobody wants to see their family end in divorce. Like, you don't want to see a family torn apart. I told him when he was on his mission, and I knew that would be difficult, but he just said, I trust you, Mom. You, you do whatever you think is going to be the best for our family and for yourself. You got a call home on Christmas, and I, that's when I, they hit me, and I was just, like, torn apart. Just having to make two separate calls to talk to my family was, was definitely tough. I learned really fast, like, if you think that you have your life figured out, like, <laughs> I just imagine God chuckling and, you know, like, just wait. It was crazy. It was one night we got home from just, you know, regular missionary work and just getting ready for bed. And then uh, I get a call from my mission president and, you know, that could be good or bad. You never know. So I, I answer and he's like, hey, we got your good friend on the other line. I told him it's okay if you guys talk. And so I talked to my coach and it was crazy. He just told me that he can bring us to BYU. He's going to help us write our letters because you have to get released from your last school if you sign. So he's going to help us through the process. So it was so nice to have a, a family friend, really, you know, like somebody who's been a father figure to help me get to BYU. He came back to two kids getting married, so he had two brother-in-laws. I think there was one grandchild born while he was gone, and then his parents separated. I remember coming down the escalator, seeing these uh, faces I really haven't ever seen before, and it was uh, really cool just to see how it's not what I thought it was going to be, but it felt really good, you know, it felt right. And so, like, my life was flipped upside down. I, I'm coming to a new college that I didn't think I was coming to, but it was just, you know, it goes back to what we're talking about. It's just another, like, curveball that ended up working out how it's supposed to. So at first it was uh, difficult and I had a lot of questions, but it felt like it was all happening the way it was supposed to happen. He got voted captain at a really young age. He was only a sophomore when he got voted to be a team captain. And that says something about his ability to lead. Gone through a lot in his career, a lot of ups and downs through injuries and his personal life. And just, he's a guy that just always has a smile on his face. And despite what he's gone through, he's one of the most like, likable guys on the team just because he, he carries himself in that way. When people are stressed out about their own life, I, I, it's interesting to see Lopini serve others during that time, you know, and, and I know that he's not concerned for his own family and his mother, but to see him reach out and help other people that are in need, that's special. That's the way his mom and dad raised him anyways. I was having some headaches. I was having some dizziness, but not really bad. All the tests they did were great. She's like, I don't, can't see anything wrong. Let's just do an MRI to be safe. The doctors ended up telling her that she had a tumor in her brain. I didn't want to be taken care of. So I was worried about how this would play out. And I was worried about Lopini because I knew he was getting ready to start his season. And so I said, should we just wait? Should I just take, get the tumor taken out later? And he said, no, don't wait, mom. Just get it taken out right now. We'll be fine. I'll be fine. I can play football. Uh, and I was so worried because I was going to have to miss some of his games. My family's very much the type to step in and help when we can. but especially when it's with each other. 
but you know, this, this is out of our control and it's one of the first times is like, we can't really control it, so. One of the practices, I just remember like, he was having a rough day and that was kind of when he opened up and was like, you know, I, some stuff at home is happening and my mom's not doing too well right now. And It was so hard for me to be motivated to come to practice that day and uh, to focus when uh, my mom, you know, my number one fan, number one support was struggling and uh, trying to get back to functioning well. And that was something that, that definitely took a toll on me. But uh, one good thing that did come from that experience was just how much the relationships and the people that I've met since I've been at the Y, like how real those relationships are. When you see your brother hurting, obviously, you want to do whatever you can to help him. And that was something that I think definitely helped these guys out. They grew a lot closer with Beanie and his family. My little sister, she's a, she's like a fitness instructor, put a class together, you know, had like a little fun event for my mom before she had her surgery and just had like a little donation, you know, option. And I was amazed and I was honestly touched and just super grateful for how many um, of my friends, my family, and then especially the, the people that I, you know, was with every day here at the school because they showed up to the event, they donated out of their own pockets, and I just developed a, you know, a stronger love for Cougar Nation, like the people at BYU, and was able to stop and just be grateful that I had, like, had the opportunity to be at BYU in the first place. His mom means everything to him, and, and so it's cool to see everybody just rally around him and help him out through that time, and for him to bounce back and, you know, just keep things going with football. It's testament of his work ethic and him pushing through trials and stuff. It was cool to see that. Do you want to go through difficult things? Not usually. But it's all a part of your story. It's all what makes you who you are. And definitely has made me who I am and Lopini as well. You know, all, all that matters to me really is, at the end of the day is my faith in my family. Being with them and making sure that we're close to God and our Savior, you know, that's that's really all that matters for me. And there's all these different turns in life. And as long as we all end up, you know, happy together, that's, that's it for me right there. You, you've known Lopini for a long, long time, mm -hmm. and you know his story uh, as well as anyone. Uh, it's nice to be able to share uh, that side of his life with, uh, with, with people in Cougar Nation. Yeah, and I think a lot of people can connect with some of the hardships that he's gone through, and they can see that um, the way his attitude is towards everything and just his focus to help this team. I mean, this program um, owes a lot to Lopini Katoa, you know, and, and I'm glad he's, a, he's here. He's, he's meant to be a Cougar. I mean, Tuyaki and I signed him at Oregon State, yep. so <laughs> it's a good thing that, uh, that he came this way. But we're, we're a better place because of the, the sacrifice and the hard work that he's put into our program, and so I hope our fans can understand like his his sacrifice and can kind of when they cheer for him they can cheer, they can understand that he's overcome quite a bit and he's learned and grown from it. And I just I'm so excited for his future, specifically in football, but uh, just beyond that, he's he's got a, a great future ahead of him. Yeah, on the field he's been an incredibly productive player for you. 25 career touchdowns coming into this year. Uh, that, that's a big number. Uh, speaking of big numbers, uh, in 2021, BYU quarterback Jaron Hall was one of only four. Division I quarterbacks with, I'll throw some numbers at you, I love this, 2,500-plus uh, pass yards, a pass efficiency rating of 150 or better, 8-plus yards per attempt, 
a 4 to 1 or better TD to INT ratio, and on top of that, 300 or more rushing yards. Only four guys did all those things, and Jerem was one of them. Those are elite numbers put up by an extraordinary person and quarterback. Please welcome into Studio C, BYU starting signal caller, Jaron Hall. You got the vintage shirt? Vintage shirt? I had to do it. Represent. (laughs) You're back. I'm back. How you feeling? Good. You look good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Makeup, you know. (laughs) It does does wonders, I can testify. Um, How was training camp? Really good. Really good. Excited to be, honestly, to be done and moving on to the game, though, if I'm being honest. Clowney's already talked about how ready he is to play a game already. You right there? Yes, absolutely. I'm not as ready as him. He's always the most excited guy, but uh, (laughs) close. Okay, you guys are both living uh, new dad life, relatively speaking. Do you have tips for the, uh, the, uh, the coach? Me tips for him? Yeah, Ooh. on having a new one around, you know. <laughs> tips? Ah, just uh, do what your wife says. <laughs> Wait, that's, that's the advice I gave you. <laughs> you asked the question. I'm just going <laughs> to All right. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you expect in 2022? I just expect a lot of exciting, fun football. It's hard to say X's and O's, you know, wins and losses. You can't predict the future, but knowing our guys and our coaching staff and what Kalani preaches and how he kind of gets us fired up for games, it's, we'll, we'll be the most excited team every single Saturday, and, and that's something that I expect, knowing the guys that we have, and I think that's always our goal. How ready do you feel to lead this team into this season? Very ready, and, and it's nice because it's not, it's not just me. I have, shoot, man, I have so many different guys around me offensively and defensively that are experienced, played a lot, and then personality-wise off the field, they just help really get everybody going. So it's, it's, uh, it's not a hard task when you have a lot, of, a lot of good guys around you. Kalani, what's special about uh, a starting quarterback's, um, uh, I don't know, persona, if you will? Like, like the way Jaron either commands a huddle or a locker room or plays the game, what do you see from, from Jaron heading into this year? Well, the team feeds off of his, his confidence, and, but also they feed off of his preparation. So the, the, no one prepares harder than, than Jaron. And, and, and when you have someone that, that's your quarterback that's leading the way in, in preparing film study, working out in the offseason, doing extra work, um, that's kind of set the standard. I, I think we've, we've seen how Zach did that, but then you see how Jaron's taken it. And, um, and he's made it his own. It's, it, it's like what he expects from the players, from his teammates. And it's, it's, a, it's a subtle but really, really effective way of leading, meaning that, hey, Jaron's a captain. He's like, come do it with me. You know, and, and uh, I, I've just seen a huge improvement from since he took over as our quarterback and um, now returning as a starter. I feel like he's in a, in a, different, in a different phase now hmm. uh, going into this year. So we'll see. They'll find out. Right, <laughs> right, Jaron? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> 2021 wasn't bad at all. Uh, I mentioned some of the numbers a moment ago. How do you look back on your 2021 season? It was good. I mean, a lot of, a lot of good things to, to learn from and things to take into this year, but I mean, it, it wasn't perfect, right? And, and that's something you always strive for is to be, to be perfect in everything that you can. Um, obviously, you know you're going to fall short a lot, but uh, I think last year one thing we can take is that, you know, we're a team that when we're prepared and we're the most excited team ready to go, then a lot of good things happen. Not to focus too much on it, but um, how much of the season would you, th- would you say you kind of played at, quote-unquote, full health or 100% or close to it? Um, shoot. Maybe a couple quarters. <laughs> so it doesn't help when you break your ribs the first game of the season. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a grind, but that's football. Everybody goes through something. You know, you don't always hear about, 
you know, everybody else on the team what they're going through. So, you know, it's not, nothing different that I had to go through than anybody else. But how much of the load did you feel like, I got to be there for my guys? A-Rod told me yesterday on his show that there were a couple games you maybe could have played in, but you felt good about Baylor, and, and that gave you yeah. the best chance to get, yeah. to get healthy. Uh, but that's clearly a thing that's with you, like, I, I, I want to be out there with my guys. Yeah, and I think that comes with uh, just maturity, and we have that with a lot of guys understanding that if you're not at your best and you can't do what you need to do, uh, full health and energy, then you know it's best for the team that you step away or you let another guy who's just as prepared go ahead and, and, and take over. And, and, and you see that a lot every year, um, and especially with us. We, we pride ourselves in making sure that you know, the younger guys and the twos and threes are, are, are ready to go. And you saw that last year, you know, through the last, last two games of the season. Um, so I think that's something we really pride ourselves on is, is being humble enough to accept that if you can't go, you let somebody else go because they're going to be ready and you just got to trust them. So much of the offense is back from last year. Uh, for both you guys, Kalani, we'll start with you. Coach Roderick yesterday talked about the need to keep the edge on offense, even though everybody's back, quote-unquote. you got all this production back. How, how, how do you keep an edge and keep an offense hungry when essentially you've got everyone back but Tyler almost? Well, it's the, the, the strong sense of humility that, that Jaron just talked about, uh, trusting each other and leaning on each other, but also um, learning from some of the mistakes that happened in, in, in the past and those moments of where, where we – probably weren't as humble as we should have been and and really checking yourselves and and I think allowing the players to hold each other accountable that uh, coaches are supposed to do that we're supposed to complain about every little thing but uh, it's nice when the players are holding each other accountable and they're they're actually addressing issues and, and problems before I even get there or coach Roderick or anyone else and that's that's a big part of the leadership that we're seeing from guys like Lopini and definitely guys like like Jaron that uh, I mean Jaron's talking about the maturity, but he's he's extremely humble, and that humility should help our team grow and learn, and and you know and learn from some of the mistakes that we've made from last year. And uh, there's times that I think we he wanted to go, or we just it wasn't the right wise decision, and he was the one leading the charge, saying, "Hey, let's trust our other guys to get it done. Trust Bader to play this game." And and uh, man, I can't ask for anything more from our starting quarterback and, and a ca our team captain. Okay, How about keeping the edge. Uh, to his point about just players taking charge, I've never seen more guys on top of each other when they make mistakes than this last fall camp. Um, mm. and, and today in practice, it happened a lot. Just to see guys that are comfortable enough with each other to step in and say, hey, no, this is what you need to do, or you need to do this a little better. But then on the flip side, the guys receiving that instruction, I, I feel like just the humility amongst ourselves to, to kind of let go of that pride and accept some learning and some teaching from older players or for, even from younger players that, that know the playbook really well. So it's cool to see each other kind of getting on each other a little bit. It's funny, but at the same time, it's, it's good to see that we, we can have that open communication and learn from each other because, you know, the less the coaches have to worry about technique and fundamentals and they can just worry about, you know, their play calls and other things, I just think that makes everything move quicker and that's something that I've, I've seen and I think Saturday will help us a lot. I'd love to hear you describe the talent around you on offense. <clears throat> it's funny, it, we talk about offense, we talk about skill positions, but I think that always leaves out the offensive line and it's not fair because there is some serious skill going on on the front five. So we're not going to say skill position, but we're going to talk about from O-line to the guys outside to the guys you're handing it off to. How do you describe this collection of talent around well, you? Well, shoot, I could go on about the O-line and if we could finish the show and still have more to say. Um, starting with those guys, you talk about skill, talk about talent and hard work. You put those three together, that's what our offensive line is. And we have, you know, 10 guys deep. Um, they can do all that. Uh, any, I, I believe most, most uh, programs in the country, um, if you put them there today. And so our line is definitely the heart of our offense. Everything runs through them. 
the ability to stay balanced in our pass and our, our run attack, everything goes through them. And then obviously you look outside to our tight ends. I mean, you have big tight ends, NFL caliber tight ends. We have good route runners. And then you got our fullbacks who are studs. Everyone knows about Air Wake and you can bring in <laughs> Houston to add to that. Um, and that's not even talking about our wide receivers and we know what they have. And then your running backs. It's, 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 a, lot, it's a lot to try to explain in a short answer. But just from that, I mean, I'm getting excited to rethink about how much <laughs> right. we got for this Saturday, right? So, um, yeah, we're, I'm very blessed to have all those guys around me to kind of to help share the weight of, you know, just, just performing and doing well. Okay, what does returning to Tampa mean to you? Uh, just another opportunity uh, to, to leave the, the wonderful state of Florida with a win. That's always a hope. Um, so just looking back at that game for me, there's a lot to learn from. First start um, for you, right? Yeah, it was my very first start ever here at BYU. So it was, it was a special day for me, a lot to remember, a lot I don't remember after getting my head knocked around. But uh, no, I think there's a lot of good things left on that field and, and a lot that I still feel like I have to, to accomplish there. So I'm, I'm excited to go back. And Kalani, we've heard a bunch of the guys talk about the fact that, yeah, this game still has some meaning for players like Jaron who were there in 2019. Yeah, and I, I think they want to, you know, make the memory a little bit different than what it was in 2019. So uh, I'm just really excited to see these guys go home. I know Jaron is. Oh, yes. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to, play, to have some, uh, some fun plays to call uh, this weekend, no doubt, at USF. All right, coming up next, we'll take your social media questions for Kalani. And if he sticks around, Jaron Hall, too. When BYU Football with Kalani Sitake returns, come back with us right after this. Athletics. And by Smarty, location data experts. And by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake here in Studio C. Let's get to the Q&A portion of our show right now, heading to social media. First question coming to us goes for Coach. Coach Sitake from at uh, Y underscore soup. Coach, can you tell us more about the new analysts on your staff and their roles this season? Yeah, we added some new analysts, and so um, uh, Matt Mitchell that we got back from Baylor, he was uh, he went with Grimey and Mattels to Baylor, and then um, one, he missed Pro Bowl so much that he wanted to come back. So we <laughs> were able to hire him back, and he works with our with Aaron and our offense and our quarterbacks. Um, we we were able to add Jan Jorgensen, you know, as as analyst. We were able to add a, a good number of guys that that were basically. When you say analysts, they, they give us a different, they make it a lot easier for all the coaches to focus on strategy. They get us information, they, they do all the research, and so it just gets more hands on deck to get the work done, uh, where we can get the play callers to focus more on strategy and then putting Jaron, A-Rod calling the perfect play for Jaron in a cer certain situation. And um, so we've, we've been able to add, hopefully add a little bit more to the staff, but I'm just grateful our administration's given us opportunity to, to grow our staff and, and, and get more resources available for our, for our players. Jared, what, what kind of player are you when it comes to information? Uh, can you know too much? Do you want to know a ton? What do you like to focus on in your prep? I mean, I'm, I love to know as much as I can, but I feel like sometimes I can overload myself. I think uh, there's, a, there's a good, happy medium between you know, knowing enough and being more you know, prepared enough mentally and then allowing you know, the natural flow of football to come. So I'm definitely one outside. I love to learn. I love to know why this is happening or why that's happening. Um, but on top of that, you know, when it's game time, I think for me it's good to kind of turn the brain off at times and just go make plays and um, you know, just allow the offense to kind of come with, with the practice we put in. All right, well put. Uh, let's go to social question number two. We'll have both of you guys take a run at this. Uh, what venues are you most excited to visit this season? Kalani? I'm going to go with the first one in Tampa. So Raymond James Stadium, I figured yeah, that would be the one you're most excited for. Yep, that's, that's the first game. 
That's all I can think about right now. So, <laughs> Jared, have you taken a wider approach? Are you going to Tampa? It's all Tampa. Tampa. Most excited. Okay. Raymond James. Raymond James Stadium. All right. Uh, question number three uh, for Jaron. Uh, what areas of your game have you worked on most this offseason? Yeah, I mean, in terms of just, you know, quarterback development, you know, obviously just throwing the ball. You can never be a good enough passer. Um, so for me, just increasing the velocity, you know, not necessarily through arm strength, but through uh, kind of syncing everything up from the you know the base of your throw up. Um, so one thing for me is is being able to to get the ball to my guys quicker, giving them opportunities to run with the ball, um, versus just you know getting them a ball that they catch and get tackled or go out of bounds. So that's one thing I think there's a lot of um, hitting yards in. Um, so one thing off that's just off the top of my head that I've hit a lot on this summer is just uh, you know better fundamentals and just allowing the ball to come out a little quicker. What's been the most helpful coaching? Uh, that you've received relative to the mechanics of the position, do you think? The one thing that you, like is a big, like, like a swing thought in golf, what's the thing that you're most focused on that you thought was the most helpful to you? Yeah, for me, of- and it's been the last two summers with John talking about it, is just, John uh, Beck. yeah, with yeah. John, is, is weight distribution. Um, so less for a lot of quarterbacks, letting your weight go forward, tends to get your shoulders down, push the ball down, versus keeping your weight back and your back foot, transferring up through through the ground, you know, through the, the tip of the finger off the ball. That's one thing I try to think of is, is where is my weight as I'm throwing and as I watch practice and games, that's something I really keep an eye on. Okay, good stuff. Uh, last question will be for Kalani. Uh, Kalani, what are your emotions like for the first game of the season? Maybe, Just Jared, what are, what are Kalani's emotions like? Are <laughs> Not, he's very tame right now, very relaxed. Uh-huh. I think the TV does that to us, but uh, <laughs> very, very excited. I, I think it's, it's too, too much good to, to be thought of to not be you know, jumping out of our shoes ready to play. So I think that'll be you know, unleashed the first game. Uh-huh. It's too bad we won't have the rock there so we can jump in and tackle all of them like we did the Utah <laughs> game, but uh, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Hey, I don't have very good dance moves, but I'm planning to use some, so. <laughs> just gonna, I just want the guys to have fun. They, they worked hard, let's go have a good time, and, and I think our, our, the energy is gonna provide us to, to make some memorable moments. Jaron, sometimes we get a peek of Kalani locker rooms here, that we get little clips here and that. Yeah. Uh, is it a special time for a team to be with this guy, uh, in, especially in a winning locker room? Absolutely, it really is. Kalani is a very different, different man, just thinking of, just back in high school, visiting different coaches and, and seeing different individuals on staffs. Kalani's a guy that just sticks out in the way he loves football, the way he, he teaches you to be your best in football. But he does that through, through life, through enjoying it, through loving it. And, and your reason is your family, the reason is your school, um, you know, the name on the back of your jersey and, and your teammates. So he just does it in, in a way that you cannot love being coached by him. It's, uh, his personality is, is contagious, and it's someone you'll go to war for any day. I love getting to work with him. Absolutely. Well, I, I should just leave now and let you guys keep talking. <laughs> no? <laughs> As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics, in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport, who are the only two BYU players to run for 1,500-plus yards in a single season. The answer coming up next. Stay with us. Uh, trivia question who are the only two BYU players to run for 1500 yards in the single season not the same season they did, they did it in separate years and the answers are the record setter from just last year Tyler Algier and 20 years before that Luke Staley those are the only two to hit the 1500 yard plateau well this season on the Sitake show we're going to close the show each week with a uh, with a sneak preview of the uniform combination that we'll see on the weekend uh, live in studio uh, tonight for the first Sitake show of the season 
Let's bring out the uniform combo for BYU at USF. I see Jaron going, which teammate am I? And like, is that one of our guys? That. <laughs> said, that's some good height. I got to get some development on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, it's going to be a tight end room in a couple of years. There you go. Yes, yeah, not a current BYU player as far as we know, right? Soon to be now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is our look uh, for this week. A uh, couple of facts on this uniform combination. It's the all-white with navy trim. It debuted in Florida. In 2010 at Florida State. Uh, the most notable facts uh, it was worn in the uh, Tanner Mangum to Mitchell Jurgens Hail Mary game, Boise State in 2015. That was the all whites with Navy. There's our man Mitch on the radio making it happen in the end zone. Love that. And in Kalani's first game as BYU head coach, yes, the 2016 cactus kickoff against Arizona was the all whites with Navy trim. And yes, the kicker who won the game in Kalani's first game is still his kicker here in the seventh season. <laughs> Let's go. And he's still got some time. Oh, snap. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jared, how, how much do the guys get into what you guys wear on the weekends? Uh, they, some of the guys do, for sure. But it's, it's, all, it's, it's fun. Um, we get that out of the way early, early on, you know, before the season even starts. So we can just kind of get on with game prep. But it is, it is exciting to see what we're wearing, see the threads, what we'll be representing in. Um, but yeah, there's some debates at times about what we wear, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a, yeah. Anyways, look good, feel good is the uh, is the notion, obviously. I guess. And uh, you know, again, <clears throat> people think, well, it's not that big a deal. But for a lot of guys, they 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 get serious about this. Yeah. Hey, look good, play good. So they say sometimes. And Kalani, and you, you're always of the fact. I don't I don't care what we wear as long as we come out of there with a win. Kind of right. Yep, and I always have a royal hat on. That's <laughs> what's going to happen from now on. So. And tonight we go royal hat, royal shoes for you. That was by accident. I think it was just, <laughs> yeah. Flip-flops weren't going to work tonight, so I just go through. Yeah, and, and I decided to go with the uniform combo. I went with the white one. And Look the great. Navy, so I'll do what I can. All right, uh, Jaron, thank you. Thank Kalani, thank you. We'll do Appreciate it again. It. For producer Emma, my name is Greg Rubel. Thank you in the crowd. We'll see you all next week. Go Cougs.